Dr Paul Tracy, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today. Um, Your paper is entitled Building the Big Society, Not Just Stronger Communities, but New Forms of Organisation. Can we start by you defining that term, the big society? Well, I think the problem with the big society actually incorporates a range of pretty different ideas which are not obviously connected to one another. So you've got issues around public sector reform, getting social enterprises involved in public sector delivery. You've got stuff around community empowerment, getting local people involved in decision-making in their communities. You've got ideas around mass engagement and, and, and philanthropy, getting more people to volunteer, give people more money. And you've got ideas around access to information the publication of, of government data. So these are quite a disparate set of ideas. And also, I think one of the other problems with the big society is it has a relatively disparate and unclear set of aims and objectives. So you've got ideas around tackling poverty, reducing inequality, revitalising democracy, strengthening community life, empowering local people. There's so many different strands to these ideas and no clear overarching narrative which kind of ties it all together. I, I think that people are really struggling to make sense of the concept. People are really struggling to connect to it. And I think these problems are exacerbated by the fact that the big society is very light on specifics. So we don't know in a kind of practical or tangible way what this is actually going to mean for, for, for people. So I think the question is actually a very difficult one to answer because it's been so poorly articulated by D- DC. Yeah, and then David Cameron um, this week has now turned the big society into public sector reform as well. So it's not just about the charitable or third sector running public services. It, it's now about a public service reform agenda. But if we sort of break that down and first of all talk about the individual, would you recommend that individuals get involved in the, the big society or do they need organisations to help them achieve their aims? Is it something you can do your Well, I mean, I guess to an extent that all of us can volunteer our time as individuals. I mean, we can give more money to charities, we can get involved in our local community. But if you're talking about public service delivery, if you're talking about tackling poverty, if you're talking about reducing social inequality, these are all things that can only really be achieved through organisation. They need collective action. And so uh, at the heart of the big society, as David Cameron outlines, are these social and community uh, organisations, organisations with clear social objectives, but which are entrepreneurially in terms of the way that they acquire and they and, and, and they use uh, resources. Of course, I guess that David Cameron might say that he's hoping to unleash a wave of social entrepreneurship, so he hopes all these individuals are going to get involved with creating these new social ventures. But ultimately, I would say that the big society is fundamentally an organisational concept. It has to be. It has to be. So if it's an organisational concept, you seem to be saying it doesn't just rest in the organisation of the charity or of the third sector or of your residence association clearing up litter on the village green or something like that at the weekend, that actually it rests with employers too. Does that take in sort of the Quaker movements, the the Barclays, those who, who get their employees to do charitable work? Well, I think it takes in all sorts of organisation. I think it doesn't matter whether you're working for a corporation, whether you're working for a social enterprise, whether you're working for the public sector. Uh, I think some of the ideas in uh, the, the big society around uh, tackling inequality and, and, uh, and empowerment, for example, all these things fundamentally need to happen in organisations. Uh, and I think that um, if we're serious about uh, issues around social mobility, for example, then we need to have a narrative about employment and how the workplace feeds into uh, issues of th- these kinds of issues. 
And, and what is that narrative around employment to feed into those issues? If you look at employment at the moment, everybody's expecting the employment statistics to rise, people being made redundant uh, from the, the public sector, the private sector and small business not yet taking on and enough people having that business confidence because of the underlying trends in the economy and inflation uh, rising. So, you know, if you're saying that we need employment to fulfil the old goals and aims of the big society, it's not looking very hopeful. Well, I think we need employers to think differently about the way that they manage people. So I think a big aspect of the big society, as I understand it, is about decentralisation of power and about liberating people in, in their lives. Liberating the citizen. Exactly, liberating the citizen. And I don't see how one can actually do that purely by talking about local communities. So you know, by setting up a free school or getting involved with local planning or whatever, that's not going to give you a sense of liberation in the way that David Cameron is talking about it. If you're talking about liberation in the sense that I think he means, ultimately I think that has to happen at work. It's about getting employers to think differently about how they manage people, about uh, giving people uh, more responsibility, about empowering people to make decisions for themselves. And so simply talking about uh, the big society empowerment in terms of Community, I think, is the, is the wrong level of analysis, if you like. So are you saying that employers can help facilitate the aims and goals of the big society, whatever that is, but by actually, if you like, perhaps giving people job security so they've got time to go home and, and give more time to their local community or groups, whoever they are, that, that, that in fact perhaps employment terms and conditions might enable the big society? Exactly. So I think the big frustrations that people have in their life is actually about frustrations at work. It's not necessarily that we want to get more involved in you know, setting up some community group. It's about we want more control about what, what we do at work. We want more time to spend with our families. We want more flexibility in how we organise our working lives. And these are the really big issues that I think that David Cameron is not talking about when he considers the big society. But aren't we living in an age, a global age, where everybody would say the agenda is to cut labour costs because we're competing with, with India, the BRICA economies, China too? And actually, th that if you cut labour costs and, and you're competitive, that then in fact your, your companies will be successful. So in a way, the, the big society isn't going to empower the employer or for the employer to have enough confidence to give proper terms and conditions to the employee. I mean, I think we don't want to get involved in a race to the bottom against China and India. We're never going to be able to compete with China and India in terms of labour costs. So we have to think about, uh, uh, we need to think about innovation. We need to think, think about looking after people so that they can create value through, through the work that they do. And so that, that means a very different sort of labour relationship than you would have if you were a firm in, uh, in, in India or China, I think. Are you perhaps harking back romantically to the 1950s when, you know, we might have all had secure jobs and secure employment terms and, you know, you could have one nation Toryism? Are you sure that these employer-employee relations, as you describe them, can really exist in 2011 in a global world? I think they can, and because there's some really interesting examples of companies that are doing some interesting things. I suppose it's tempting because if you have a situation where unemployment is quite high and where labour market power shifts towards corporations and away from, from employees, then it's tempting for corporations to, I guess, um, uh, perhaps be a bit more exploitative in the way they treat their labour. But I think if you look at the, a lot of the companies that are doing really well, they're very, very innovative in terms of how they're actually managing 
managing their people. So I could give you a couple of examples of some companies that are, are doing quite well. So, for example, W.L. Gordon Associates is one of the most interesting examples that, that, that I know of. They're a, a materials firm, a uh, multinational firm based in the, in the U.S., uh, and they've done a lot of work in basically breaking down uh, barriers within companies, both horizontal and vertical uh, barriers. They do things like they don't have formal job titles or job roles, uh, and they allow people really to take on the projects that they want to take on. So it's a kind of an industrial-type democracy that uh, really is about liberating people. So it's the, all this stuff that David Cameron talks about in The Big Society, they talk about in the context of their, their organisation. It's a very successful and very innovative company. Then how would you take those messages into, if you like, the employer? Because at the moment the employer isn't being engaged in this debate on the big society. The charity leaders are speaking up, local authorities, they're talking about the cuts, how, you know, if the money isn't there, they can't deliver the services or create this big society. Um, they can't nudge people in, into action. Can, can the employer nudge people into action? Uh, well, I think that the, it's up to the employers to create the structures, if you like, to allow people to, to, to be empowered. But I think that one of the problems with the big society narrative is that employers have been excluded. Firms, companies have been excluded. So by purely focusing on uh, charities and social enterprise and community groups, I think that uh, he's missing a very big part of the picture, I think. So I and what would the message to employers be, or to David Cameron, DC, as you call him? Would you say, well, well come and talk to us here at the Judge Business School and, and, and we'll show you how employers can get engaged in this debate too? I think my message would be that when people are talking about the frustrations in their life and the lack of control in their life, that really relates to their working life. It doesn't necessarily relate to uh, how they feel about their interactions with their local communities. And so if you're really serious about kind of devolution of, of, of power and responsibility, this liberation as he talks about, then he has to somehow engage with employers. He has to include them in this narrative. And I think he can do quite simple things, even just by talking about the, the importance of these issues. I think he can bring them onto the political agenda and he can force companies to engage with them. And that takes us back, don't we? If we're, we're devolving the state down to the centre or the local community and, and the role of employers in that, doesn't it take us back to the Victorians, philanthropists, our town halls, our, our, our town squares? In fact, it was the, the employers who created civic societies, your Manchester leads. That, that, that's right. I mean, I think but this goes beyond just, I think, philanthropy or, or social responsibility. I think this is also about good business as well, because if you have people who are happy at work, you're more likely to have people who are committed to, to the organisation who are going to want to do their very best for the firm. So this makes business sense as well as making social sense, if you like. Well, Dr Paul Tracy, we will indeed come back to you and catch up on the role of the big society. David Cameron and his, his advisers' nudge theory, public sector cuts. It's a very topical debate at the moment. Can we end with you just saying, as we stand at the moment, the evidence that you've witnessed over the past few weeks and months, do you think the big society can succeed? I think, unfortunately, that the big society will probably end up being a fairly small footnote in British political history. I think that uh, the chance of it outlasting uh, the next four years, outlasting the coalition, will be very, very small indeed. So where would you start it? With the employer? I think that David Cameron needs to start talking about employment. I mean, that's the first thing he needs to do, because he's just not mentioning it at all. He needs to bring this into the narrative. And this, this will bring employers into, into debate and, and get employers thinking about how they manage their own people because at the moment uh, they're very much excluded from, from what's going on, I think. 
Dr. Paul Tracy, thank you very much indeed for talking to Cambridge Judge Business School today on your organisation and big society, building the big society, not just stronger communities, but new forms of organisation. Thank you very much.